the dog goes down, uh, apprehends the guy. Guy hits the ground. We get, you know, it takes a little bit to get to him because we're, we don't know where the gun's at or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the dog's got a hold of him. And we get there and there ends up being like a smaller flashlight that yeah. the guy had replicated, was replicating as a, as a gun. Mm-hmm. Went up to the hospital, tried to speak with him. He didn't want anything to do with me. Told me the pound of sand. <laughs> but the only thing I got out of him was I was trying to get shot, not bit by a dog. <laughs> Two of the supervisors were armored rifles. There's like, I, I was going to shoot him. It had the not had the dog not been there, we would have shot the guy. So the dog, the dog saved his life. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Elevated Canine Podcast. I am here with my co-host Roel Guerra, and today we got our friend Danny Casson from Oxnard PD. What's up, brother? How you doing? Good. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. Hey, man. It's it's a pleasure. I, I met Danny back in like 2016, I think, at the Mondial Ring Nationals. You and Jimmy Foster. And yeah, Jimmy yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, we, and we've kept in contact ever since. And, uh, you know, uh, as soon as I got the opportunity to ask him to come out on the podcast, uh, you know, he was more than willing. So I'm really excited uh, for today's talk. Um, today... Today's episode uh, is uh, is brought to you guys by... Okay, so the Lucy Pit Tactical Fuel, uh, myself and Capone um, and some of the other dogs in my unit, we were in the the um, help with the, the testing of this food. Uh, it's a chicken-based uh, food. It's um, brown rice and oatmeal. It's, uh, was it, 24 uh, protein, 15 fat, 5 fiber, uh, this dog, this food is specifically designed for high drive, high stress working dogs, you know, whether it's sport dogs, police dogs. Um, and this is a lot went into this, um, uh, into this food. This stuff is really good stuff. And if, awesome. again, if somebody wants to try it, get a hold of, you know, you can message me or get a hold of yep, Oscar I have some now. and I'll get you some out to try. And, and, uh, or if you went over to the lucypet.com and, Use Oxnard PD20. It'll give you 20% off. Awesome. Awesome. On it, so. Cool. Make sure you guys check it out. So, Danny, what's up, man? How yeah, you doing? Good, man. I'm, I, was, I was stoked to come down here. Hey, know? man. Uh, so, tell us a little bit about, you know, where, where, where uh, you know, about your, uh, your career and, you know, where you're at right now. Um, well, most people think I'm at the point of retirement, but I said, no, I'm not ready to go. So, I've, I've been in Oxnard uh, 28 years been handling wow. dogs for 24 years Awesome. on my fourth working police dog, which is, you know, pretty long. Most guys are like a one and done kind of thing, but, uh, man, I got a passion for working dogs and just being around dogs ever since I was a kid. Wow. Um, I was always into like training stuff. Even I had a, a pet rat before I had a dog and really? I used to cruise <laughs> around with my rat on my shoulder on my That's bike. Awesome. <laughs> and then I got a dog and started working with the dog and I just, I just love working with the dog and, you know, I got, I got two things that I love doing. Um, I got to become a policeman and then I got to be a policeman with a, with a dog. That's and, awesome. uh, is that something you always wanted to do? Like as a kid? No, you know, it's crazy. Um, my early, as a kid, especially seventies and eighties, I was a motocross racer. Really? So I've always had this competitiveness. Mm-hmm. Got it. And I think that's where it kind of led over to where I started competing with dogs yeah. <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, in the eighties, especially I was like a motocross guy and I never thought, you know, uh, I thought, oh, I'll be a professional motocross racer and make all this money. And then as I started getting older and more mature, um, I started getting interested in law enforcement. You know, I've always kind of been a people person right? and, uh, I like to be challenged. So every day is a challenge and every day is different. You're not doing the same thing every day. It's something different. I get to interact with people. I try to do something good at the end of the day and go home thinking, Hey, I contributed to right. the community. So I was like, Oh, I want to be a policeman. Yep. And then in the back of my head, it's like, man, be cool to be a canine cop. <laughs> and here I am like 24 years later with still, still working, awesome. working a dog. <laughs> so, um, you said you had been a cop. You've, you've been a police officer for 28 years. Yes. What, what was there a requirement before you were able to become a canine officer or is, is that something you can do immediately as you join the force? Cause uh, there is a four year discrepancy there. Yes. Um, every, uh, department kind of has a different standard or criteria that they want you to meet. Um, at the time when I came on specialized units like SWAT and canine and stuff, they wanted you to be on, I think it was four years. It was either three or four years of learning the job before you could put it in for a specialized assignment 
And um, it was crazy because SWAT had an opening, and I was like, those are two things I want to do. And I put in, I went through the, the process with, with SWAT, and I was on the list. And then like a week later, the canine opening came up, and I put in for that. And the supervisor time was like both in charge of SWAT and canine. And I said, no, I want canine. But I also found out at the time that we were making a big push to integrate our canine unit with our SWAT team. So I knew I was going to get the there best of go. both worlds. <laughs> one, yep. So I'm like, nah, I go, nah, I want canine. Take me off the list. You know, like, that's cool. And here I am. They can't get rid of me now. So, um, <laughs> I, I know you're, uh, you're in, you're in Oxnard and you know, just cause I follow boxing. So I know a little bit about, you know, like the neighborhood, like La Colonia, they call over there yes. and all that. Um, how is it been, like, how, how is it, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, people from you know different different backgrounds like there's a lot of hispanics over there and mm -hmm. all that and i know this doesn't have a lot to do with dogs but i just want to see like you know how is it uh interacting with and what's hard about it like interacting with people from other cultures and everything um i got a little taste of it i back it up a little bit prior to going to oxnard i worked la county sheriffs and i worked in the jail um for like four years got so it. i got a taste mm -hmm. um and I actually got a curveball because right out of like training, I got assigned to the women's jail mm. and I was naive, man. I was a <laughs> white guy, grew up in Simi Valley, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was working all women's, I was one of the first males that went in there and it was an eye opener that, that women can do some really bad, just as bad stuff as right. men could do. So that was like an eye opener and I was exposed to different culture and, and whatnot then. And then obviously I went to Oxnard and we're, you know, uh, predominantly Hispanic community, mm -hmm. but we also have Filipino, Got uh, it. we have black, we have, we have everything. Yep. Um, and like I, you know, I've always been a people person, so I've always kind of went with the flow and I've kind of mm -hmm. like adapted pretty easily to it. it. And um, I just kind of learned to like, you know, deal with people as the person as yeah, they are and good. as what we're doing. And I, I don't, you know, I don't see color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I just, it, but I, I know it's tough for you guys because, like, uh, I mean, growing up, I, I grew up like kind of in the projects, and um, I remember uh, even me as a kid, it was like kind of like cops weren't, you know, it wasn't, they weren't good. They weren't, you know, they weren't there to help, you know. So I remember uh, one instance, I, I was, I didn't know anything. I was a kid, probably like 10 or something, and like cops were coming into the neighborhood. And I remember like, like the kids yelling, you know, like, one time, yeah, exactly. <laughs> one time, five, one time, five whatever. Five. But, um, but you know, so, and then, you know, as, as you get older, you start, you know, meeting, I got to meet police officers and, you know, and all that. And, and I realized like, man, it's like some good, some good dudes, yeah. uh, you know, and not everybody, not every cop is, you know, like just like every other career, we you got, got bad ones and we got bad ones. Career, for sure. Um, yeah. and, and before we get into dogs, cause we're going to go deep into the dog stuff, but, uh, <laughs> how, uh, I know it's, uh, the culture and everything has changed right now, especially with cameras and everything. Like how difficult is it now to like do your, like, you know, do your job, uh, you know, now that, you know, every, everybody is a, is a victim and everybody and the cameras are out, mm -hmm. you know, 24 seven. Um, what, 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 how does that made, uh, your job a little bit you know, more difficult? Or? You know, I'm going to say at times it's kind of made our job easier because the camera tells the truth. The problem that lies or comes up is that with all the social media being what it is and people edit things yeah. to what they want you to see yep. because they want views and that what it comes back around is money, you know, yep. especially, you know, with all these different channels that pay these guys for views and stuff. And I'm, you know, the older guy and I'm still learning about all this stuff. My kids got TikTok, and I'm yeah. like, I, I have no idea what, yeah. like how <laughs> it works, but they, they're on it all the time. And they're like, they want the views. So it comes down to, you know, how things are edited yeah, and how things are perceived. And, and, and there's a lot of times that the camera does us a lot of good too. Cause you know, we have people, you know, that have come in, they're upset because they've gotten a ticket. And, um, and let's face it. Most of the time when you have, um, interaction with the police, it's not f for a good thing. Right. It's because, you become either you might be a victim you broke the law or you broke the law or you broke the law yeah. so it's never like it's not always a positive thing so that's why there's always a lot of these programs that we try to do to interact with the community to see another human side to us right. but now with you know the economy the way it is it's hard to do it and a lot of guys like i do a lot of volunteer stuff on my own time where i'll go you know do demonstrations with the dog or whatever so <clears throat> we've had you know people come in and 
I want to go to the watch commander. Hey, you know, I got this ticket. This cop, this cop was rude to me and he said this and he cursed that and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. I want to do a complaint and blah, this, that, and the other. Okay, cool. So a lot of times the watch commander will pull the body camera, the video, watch it. What this guy said, not even close to yeah, what right. actually happened. And the officer was professional and was called every name in the book or whatever. And then, you know, they'll, they'll, hey, the guy will get ready to sign the complaint. It's like, are you sure you want to sign the complaint? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then some watch cameras will show them. That's good. Footage. Yeah. Are you sure now? Uh, no, because technically <laughs> if they file a false complaint, that's a crime too. Yeah. Got it. You know, um, so there's a lot of times the camera does us a lot of good. Yeah. It awesome. does us a lot of good. Got and it. It gets everybody to see sometimes our perspective of things. Right. You know, and it's like, I'm no different than you or you. Yeah. I mean, we all put our pants on the same way and we all want to go home to our families at the end of the day. I want to go home and see my kids and see my, you know, my wife and whatnot. A hundred percent. And then like, uh, you know, uh, you know, going back to, you know, some, sometimes we don't see the the whole thing. Uh, why don't we talk about, uh, you know, uh, that, that one, uh, that one time where, you know, the guy wanted to basically commit suicide, you know, by, you know, getting you guys to, you know, open fire on him. Uh, can we, can we go in? It's cause to me that, that kind of shows like, uh, that could have gone a whole bunch of different ways, you Absolutely. know? And, uh, and that could have caused a lot of whole other people to be injured and everything. But, uh, luckily because of, you know, what you decided to do in a, you know, quick second, you know, decision, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things worked out, but, uh, why don't we talk about that a little bit? Cause I think, I think it'll be good for the, you know, the listeners. Sure. Um, I think it was, God, was it a year ago? I think it was about a year or so ago, a little over a year ago. And it was like right in the midst of, um, we'd had these active shooters at schools, malls, um, different places. So there was a lot of that was going on at the time. So, uh, I was at work monitoring the radio and we hear a call comes in of a sub subject out at the beach, um, Oxnard beach, which is in the West end of Oxnard uh, by Mandalay shores, real nice area. Um, a park where a lot of people like to gather and, uh, a subject, uh, possibly armed with a handgun threatening to shoot people. So I immediately start responding over there. Uh, we get there, uh, officers are getting there. There's more information coming in that, Hey, he's behind the bathroom. He's into his waistband and he's, he's got something in his hand and he's pulling it out his waistband and, and whatnot. And then as more information is coming out, the guy disappears off into like a sand dune area. So I get there, uh, I, I get on scene, and then I get on scene with one of the sergeants that actually used to be a canine handler prior to becoming a sergeant, and we're going to start trying to formulate a game plan. And then somebody says that they thought they see him. So we're like, oh, heck, we got we to gotta move. So we, we move up, and we're in the last area where this, this guy was seen, and there's probably half a dozen women or more out there doing yoga, and we got like 10 cops or more and it's crazy that you think people see all these cops coming in and stuff going on and they they care less they're out there doing their yoga and hey ma'am can you please move we right. have a critical <laughs> incident going on and you don't want to panic people at times but you want things to try to be as smooth and calm as possible and you don't want to immediately go hey we got a guy running around out here with a gun right right hey ma'am we got a critical incident um can we get you guys to move and then you got people walking their dogs and so I, I jump out and I'm grabbing my dog Capone and believe it or not, you get people with, they're out on the beach and park walking their dog and they all think that it's like their dog wants to visit your dog. Right. <laughs> Even you guys. <laughs> Even you guys, right? <laughs> hey man, how's it going? And, and there's this one guy that was standing behind this palm tree with his dog, like literally like five feet away from me. And my dog's pretty neutral yeah. to it, like doesn't care, but I don't know what his dog is going to do. Yep. And, and, and I don't know what's going to about ready to pop off here. Yeah. And the last thing I want to deal with is now my dog, which is, I'm going to use the term, a tool right. for us yep. to use, you know, gets into a dog fight because this guy, you know, everyone thinks there's dogs cool till he's not cool. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So here you are, you're trying to get all these people out of there and they're the park and it's just like a lot of traffic. And just as I'm trying to tell this guy, Hey, move back guys move back and I'm grabbing my dog. The guy appears out in the sand dunes. Wow. 
and he's charging at us, replicating that he's got a gun. And I knew that we had another officer that was up on the dunes trying to get eyes on him with a rifle. Mm -hmm. And then my cover officer had a rifle because his job is to cover. My job is to work the dog. And uh, the guy comes out and he's charging at us and he's focused on us and he's yelling, I'm going to, I'm going to effing shoot you guys. I'm going to shoot you, shoot. And he's, we end up measuring at the distance. I think it was like 130 feet from where he ended up, or ended up contacting him. Mm-hmm. So he's coming right at us and I'm telling my cover guys, Hey, I'm, I'm going to send dog, like don't shoot. Right. And, um, so I send, I send the dog and you know, there's that, that second or fraction of a second that you get that, that feeling in your gut, you got to make a decision. And the decision is like sending my dog on a guy that's armed. Right. And it's like, if, did I just send my dog on a suicide mission? But the flip side of that is it's, it's a dog. We love our dogs, but the dog's a tool to help us do our job. And you can't weigh that on a human life. Right. So in my mind is I send the dog, eliminate the problem and we don't have an exchange of gunfire uh, in the park where I have citizens, people running around. So I make decision, send the dog, the dog goes down, uh, apprehends the guy, guy hits the ground. We get, you know, it takes a little bit to get to him because we're, we don't know where the gun's at or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and the dog's got a hold of him. And we get there, and there ends up being like a smaller flashlight that yeah. the guy had replicated was replicating as a as a gun. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Yeah, he wanted to get shot. Yeah, yeah. I I, I didn't know that. And and so um, it's procedure for us whenever there's a um, an, an uh, incident involving the dog apprehending somebody that we go and attempt to interview the um, subject. So they transported him. He had a pretty good wound to his leg. Um, went up to the hospital, tried to speak with him. He didn't want anything to do with me. He told me the pound of sand. <laughs> yeah. but, but the only thing I got out of him was I was trying to get shot, not bit by a dog. Yeah. That, that was what his statement was. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully after he realized like, man, I'm glad I got bit by a dog and not shot. Cause then, you know, who knows? Maybe his life would turn around. Yeah. Well, after talking to, you know, we debrief everything cause we want to know what we did good or what we could have done better. And debriefing, you know, the supervisors and whatnot, and, and two of the supervisors were armored rifles. There's like, I, I was going to shoot him. It had the not had the dog not been there, we would have shot the guy. Wow. So the dog, the dog saved his life. Right. The dog, you know, we ended up getting a little accommodation from the city, and whatnot. So it was just is a perfect example of why we we have police dogs. Hundred um, percent for, for stuff like that. It didn't feel good at the time when I sent my dog. Yeah. Yeah. But it was one of those things you can't, you, you put a value on human life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but the other thing in the back of my head is like, some of these guys could barely hit a paper target, <laughs> let alone a dog coming at them 20 miles yeah. an hour. True. Yeah. You remember that video from the nineties. Remember when they sent that dog in, uh, that guy in Compton and they yep. blasted that dog. Yeah, they uh, killed the dog and the crook. Yeah. That was crazy. And so I didn't want that. Yeah. And so I'm, you, you hear me on my buddy camera yelling at the, Hey, I'm sending my dog. Don't shoot my dog. Yeah. Like give the dog a shot. Yeah. Cause the, I mean. To, uh, we know it's just a tool, but at the end of the day, like that's your, that's, that's your partner, man. hundred percent. hundred percent. Let me tell you, these guys go, Oh, it's just a dog. They're full of it. Yeah. You know, especially me. It's like, I've been doing this so long, man. It's like, I spend more time with that dog than I do my family. Mm-hmm. The dog goes to work with me every day. The dog lives with me every day. Right. You know, it's like, like I said, I spend more time with that dog than I do my family. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. It's a good example of why we, we have police dogs. Yeah. You know? Cool. Properly trained police dogs. All right, <laughs> man. Yeah, that, that 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 was a that was a good story. Uh, is there any other ones before we get into the dog stuff? Is there any other ones that just stand out uh, to you, like that? You know that you know it doesn't have to be your dog getting a bite, but just anything that stands out in your in your long career. Um, well, there was the other one I talked to you about the guy that tried to kidnap the women. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that one a little bit. We'll talk about that one, then we'll go into the dog stuff, because this is a good one. I think you guys will enjoy this one. So, but there's plen- plenty, let me tell you what, plenty of incidents that guys have given up because of the presence of the dog. To me, that's a win. 100%. I'll take that all day. I'll take that all day. You know, um, a surrender is better than an apprehension, because the, the presence of the dog 
help us accomplish our, our goal. For sure. You know, getting no. the guy in, in custody. So, yeah. um, Hey, I know you like this, the, the one. So <laughs> I don't know what, how long that one was. Maybe uh, that was like a little, a year and a half, two years ago, maybe. So had a subject that uh, fast forward some stuff, a subject that was in a neighborhood and he's basically a predator. And uh, during that day, he attempted to kidnap three different women. It, it, as the investigation unfolded, we ended up finding out that this guy had been casing the neighborhood for almost two weeks. At times, knocking on doors, represented himself as a cable guy or whoever, and he was just kind of looking for opportunities. Women, children, who knows? But what we do know is on the day of the incident, he attempted to kidnap three different women um, unsuccessfully. Uh, the third one is what kind of kicked things off, where he had grabbed a gal, um, had her at knife point, um, some at one point there was some type of little struggle and the guy had dropped his knife. The gal had taken the opportunity, uh, took off screaming and it was a neighborhood that's very close apartment complex. Everybody kind of knew everybody. And, um, and, uh, so everyone started coming out and the, the crook or the, the subject ended up running into an apartment where, uh, another elderly gal was coming out and ran inside, barricaded himself. Um, we roll up, patrol guys roll up. Uh, they they confirm the guys in the apartment. Seeing him moving around in there, he's trying to start barricading furniture or whatnot. One of the officers took off his body camera, trying to make good use of that body camera, put it on a pole, was trying to stick it in a window to try to get eyes on this guy. Mm -hmm. And he knocked the pole and the camera down and then it became a SWAT canine call out. So we get called out and, uh, um, and these apartments were like the building held four apartments and we knew the guy was in there. Um, we had confirmed the guys in there. We had eyes on him. He'd been moving around. We knew that there wasn't anybody else in there. Initially we wanted to like put get, uh, tear gas in there, try to gas them out. Mm -hmm. And our commander on scene, um, made the decision said no because there was three other apartments and we we didn't want to displace the other families that were in the apartments because that stuff's pretty nasty and it can get in the vents and it takes forever to try to get rid of it get out of there so we're taking in consideration mm -hmm. these families that occupy these other apartments so what that does is now it puts it back on us now we got to go in after this guy um so we're set up on it. We, um, at one point we had thrown a flashbang. The guy started to open the door, started to peek out. We thought, oh man, he's going to give himself up kind of thing. But then he, he slammed the door. We lost contact with him for a while. Fast forward. Uh, we put a robot in there, um, cause, uh, in, in the thing, the robot ended up kind of malfunctioning or get caught up on something and it's no use to it. put a drone in there. The first drone trying to clear the area inside and it's crazy how good these guys with these drones are now man it's like inside this, an apartment this is an apartment with like a small hallway is there some young guy controlling it yeah he's yeah. pretty young <laughs> we, were, we were in an apartment next door so there's like two guys two operators wow. one's yeah. flying it and the other guy's monitoring camera the the camera stuff and i look over at him i'm like and he's he's sweating bullets like he's flying this drone this hallway so man um, so uh, we the drone ends up locating this this guy. He ended up put himself in the back bedroom. So we're like, hey, let's let's kind of move in. So we we, we moved in, and uh, the guy was in some kid's bunk bed. Uh, make an announcement, nothing. We got eyes on the, we, the drone. You know, it's like you, you want to give him so much time to surrender, but you don't want to give him time to now arm themselves right. or be prepared. At one point, you've had plenty of opportunity. We've been here five hours. There's no wow. secret. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like a long yeah. operation. Yeah, this is no secret that we're here. So yeah. you can't say, I didn't know it was the police. <laughs> right? We've, we've announcement, loudspeakers, everything. And so then it came down to uh, using the dog. And, uh, Good old Capone. Yeah, sent the dog in. Dog got him in, in, in the bed. Um, guy, when we were pushed into the room um, to, to get the guy, uh, the dog was on, or the guy was on top of the dog. And either I couldn't tell if he's trying to break his neck or choke him out or what he was trying to do. Mm -hmm. So we had a kind of difficult time getting to my dog, trying to get the dog off of him. So eventually we ended up, uh, 
uh, getting the dog off, uh, taking him into custody. And that, that was tough right there, right? Because it was like a super small apartment. You get the dog off. He's, I mean, the dog is obviously hot. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he's, he's been in this, and now he's been in, involved in a fight. Right. And um, you know how it is with training the dogs, Oscar. It's like, hey, you're in it to win it or fight or flight or what? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we tend to think the dogs that were in it, like we're there to close a deal. Right. You know, there's no, you know, there's no do-overs. So we got a small working space. You go in and with me and a dog, six SWAT guys wow. geared up. I get the dog off and he's mad. Because <laughs> he's like, I'm not done. He was choking me. Yeah, I'm not done. And I'm just like, I'm trying to hold him and yelling at the SWAT guys. I'm up against the wall because we're in a small room. And Capone was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, guys, yeah. give me some space. <laughs> you know, he's, he's like, give me some space. And then so, so we took the guy into custody and, you know, when we're treating him before he goes to get treated for his the, the dog apprehension wounds. You know, before we put in the ambulance, obviously officer safety and safety for others, we got to search the guy, make yeah. sure he has any weapons in it. And this guy's got his pockets full of stolen property <laughs> from that apartment that he did live he, in, he pers- in. He thought he was going to get out. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you always wonder, what were they thinking? Yeah, I, I, they, they, they don't know nothing about dogs. That's why. If I, they knew I, anything about dogs, they would know they were, they were not going to get out of there. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think a big thing is like, yeah, it's examples, drugs. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Because this guy, I I think he was pretty high too. Yeah, dang. Yeah, if he was just laying in bed when you guys said, yeah, he was like taking a nap. (laughs) Yeah, they've been on a good one. And then the the thing is, like, what is that? What is that? Your your house, your apartment, and this guy's in your kid's bed. Yeah, yeah. Nah, what if it was your daughter? He was trying to kidnap or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. No, that was a that was a yeah. That's I'm glad you guys got him off the streets for sure. So, yeah, and as I said, as the investigation went on, um, come to find out that this guy was a straight predator and he'd been, you know, um, for like two weeks that they could go back and uh, through interviews and talking to people that this guy had been door knocking and just basically capering of who's going to be a victim. Man, that's crazy. Oof. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so we know what kind of dogs, I mean, you know what kind of dogs uh, you would like to go in uh, you know, into a fight with, mm-hmm. uh, is there, I mean, I'm sure there is, is there like times that you see videos of certain, uh, you know, police dogs and, and all that. Um, is there like, you know, that don't engage. I saw one recently where, um, and that actually I, I've seen a couple, but I saw one where the dog was running alongside the guy looked like they were playing. And then I did see another one that a couple people sent me where the guy, um, he got him off on the first one. And then it, to me, it looked like a new dog probably that had probably not have any bites. Um, and then, cause after it bit, it stayed on the fight pretty good. So it was just, I think lack of experience, but when it comes to the selection for your department, um, what, what is the, one of the first things that you look for or, or you know, when it comes to getting a dog? Well, you all people, I, you, you, you know, you agree. A good dog's a good dog. You can't, you know, good genetics or yeah. good genetics. And I'm sure you'll agree with me. And I tell people, you know, people, you can train these dogs, to do all kinds of things. And we, you know, we got police dogs, sport dogs, bed bug dogs, bomb dogs. Yeah. You could train a dog to do anything. There's one thing that's not trainable and it's courage. Mm-hmm. It's either the dog's got it or is not. Yep. It's the one thing you can't train. And for us, it's like, you know, we got one shot and we got to get it right the first time. And you got to go, like I tell, hey, you got to be a deal closer. Yep. And I, I mean, I see all kinds of different videos and I'm not going to judge any agency of how they do things. I always tell people you got to do what works for you, mm-hmm. but you got to be willing to be better. Uh, I've been doing this a long time and I show up to training on Wednesdays like I'm brand new. I want to learn something. I want to be better. If and you know how it is with, with dogs, Oscar, you fix one problem, you got another. Yep. You know, so, um, uh, I tell like my new guys, I always say, Hey Matt, dog's your, your business card. And I was telling you that, and there's more to it than just showing up once a week at your maintenance training. Um, a lot of agencies, their time in there is limited. It could be a four year assignment. Uh, Our agency is a little different. That's why I've been able to stay in as long. I've always found my angle to stay in there. (laughs) (laughs) That came down like as a PO two, I maxed out my time at 12 years. It was two you know, extensions. And then I promoted 
uh, as a senior. And then I came back and now I can die in here kind of thing. But, um, you know, most policemen, their first job is being a policeman and their second job is working the dog. Um, and then they have to, you know, they're responsible for, you know, they have reports and taking care of beats and this, that, and the other. So it's hard, but I tell these guys, don't, don't settle for just your weekly training. Anytime you have, have free time, train, come in early, train, you know, stay late, train a little bit. Like with me, anytime I don't have anything going on, um, I go try and find somewhere to go train. Got it. So, um, and then I guess referring back to the comment you're talking about, seeing a dog that looked new and he didn't engage, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what their training program was. Yeah. How many pictures have you showed that dog? Right. You know, um, and sometimes, you know, you guys get to connect or get attached to the dog really quick. And sometimes we got to come to the reality, like maybe this isn't a police dog. Right. There's another job for this dog. And, um, like let him go do another job and you just got to, and we've had to wash dogs out, you know, but the, the thing I look for is, um, the courage is like the dogs in it to win it because you know, it's, I'd rather have to tune a dog down Mm -hmm. than have to bring a dog up a hundred percent. You know, I agree. So, yep. Let me, uh, so I know that Capone came from like a sport background. He came from mm-hmm. a Mondi, I think Mondial ring and some French ring, right? Both. Yeah. French or French ring three and Mondial ring three. I yeah. think with the worlds in France. And so, and, and he was, uh, he was brought up by, uh, by Jimmy, Jimmy Ben, Ben Hove, who's and Jordan and Jordan mm-hmm. is, and then, uh, she's the, she was handling and he was decoying. Yes. And, uh, Jim, Jimmy is a, a super high level, uh, French ring decoy. He decoyed the, the championships in France, which not just anybody could just, you know, it's, yeah, it, it takes a very skillful person to get there. But, um, so, uh, let me ask you this though, from coming from the dog, he was a sport dog when you got him. And then now he's a police dog. Mm-hmm. T- talk to me about that switch in his, like, is there a switch after the first live bite or after or what, like what? Cause I know I've seen some, some police dogs and I'm like, nah, that dog is serious. He, does not care about any equipment. He wants like a, like a fight almost. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to me a little bit about that and how you feel about it? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll back, just kind of back up a little bit. Like when I first became a canine handler, cop handler, like canine cops and you guys that are canine cops are listening to this. You need to listen to this. Cause I come across it with some of these young guys and they hear oh, sport dog. And it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. A good dog is a good dog. Right. If you know anything, most of these police dogs came from a sport background. And I've had dogs, guys come across guys, you know, they're serious about their competing, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh, man, I'm losing points. Dogs slow to out. Dogs slow to this, that, and the other. I don't give a shit how slow my dog is to out as a police dog. <laughs> right. I'll yeah. take that. I mean, I'm going to get rid of them. Yeah. I'll take them. Like yeah. I ain't playing for points. Yeah. Like I need to close a deal for sure. You know? Um, but a good dog's a good dog. Well, most police dogs, 9% police dogs could never do sport. They're not wired that way. There's a reason why they're a police dog. And it's funny because early, early on, like sometimes we'd be out at training and there's sport people and they see these police dogs and they're like horrified, like, Oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, there's nothing pretty about a police dog, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but I tell these guys, I go, most of these dogs come from a, a sport background. And my first dog was green, 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 came out of Holland, nothing, straight mm-hmm. green, savage dog, great dog, man, great dog. Second dog had a Belgian ring on it. I, you know, probably was my least favorite of the dogs. Mm-hmm. Didn't have that courage, looked pretty yeah, and stuff. Um. So to answer your question, and I had some people when came up when, when I was going to take Capone and someone say, Oh, sport dog. I'm like, I know this dog. I know what it came from. <laughs> yeah. Right. There was a lot of unraveling that I had to do that we did with that dog from the sport to uh, yeah, the transition from sport to, to transition. From oh, the, can we talk about that a little absolutely. bit? Absolutely. Um, Hey, every dog's different and some can make the transition and I've seen some that couldn't. You know, there's ones that came all the way from a puppy, you know, through, through the sport. And 
um, there's just too much control put on the dog um, where the dog, and we had a dog, a real nice dog. I love this dog. Um, before this, one of my, my handlers got a dog and the one before it, we looked at great dog. I'm like, I love this dog. I had a problem getting the dog to search ranging from the handler. That's our bread and butter because a dog creates time and distance, which creates safety for the officer. Right. Would I rather send my dog down a hallway, check six doors before I walk into that building? hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs> um, or I'd seen some that, that couldn't make that transition. So you got, there's some unraveling. Oh, like, oh, they could, they didn't want to get away from you. They were too dependent too on dependent. the handler. Got it. Too handler. But didn't have that, that edginess yep. where the dog wants to independently go out and hunt on his own. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he wants to rely too much on the handler. And when we get into certain situations, like these dogs need to go back to their natural ability is hunt. Mm-hmm. So, um, getting back to that. So there was a lot of peeling back some onion mm-hmm. when we transitioned Capone from the ring to the, to the police. And obviously it worked out really well. Yeah. And I'm telling you what best police dog I've ever had. I've had four dogs and guys are like young cops, young canine cops. Don't know. Some of them don't know any better sport dog. <laughs> we need a police dog. Right. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Capone's the best police dog I ever had. So we had to peel back some layers. Yep. And, and it doesn't mean that every sport dog could do the police work. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. there's Absolutely. That, that dog. I mean, Capone is, is an exceptional dog. But I think that anybody who has been working dogs, that has caught, that has worked enough dogs, mm-hmm. could work a dog and go, oh, yeah, this dog is serious. Oh, yeah. This, or you feel the power behind. Like, Guapo's not a big dog. He's, you know, he's a medium-sized dog. But whoever... Anybody that works them, they go, oh, yeah, like you could tell there's it's a different type of dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so and again, and I, man, I, I come from, you know, IGP shuts in or whatever. And, you know, and I've done ring. So and even in the sport, you know, which one is the good one and which one is like just there, like club level getting titles and which one is like even he might not be at the highest level be on points, but you know that he's a serious dog. Yeah. And uh, and I think that. Uh, that's a lot. That's something that a lot of people don't see. They, you know, they they go just off of oh he's biting a sleeve or he's biting a suit. Then it's just a sport dog, uh, you know, or oh he's a police dog, uh, you know, because he's a sport washout. No, that was actually it's actually a police dog mm-hmm. that got high levels in Mondial Ring and French Ring, which is not yep. they are not easy sports. So, anyways, I think I think it's good for it's good that you're mentioning this because a lot of people you know they uh, again they they pass on a dog or a trainer based on him not, you know, having a real life experience as a law enforcement officer or, you know. Yeah, I'll look at any good dog, any good dog, but you tell me, hey, I got a guy that's got a, a, a dog, a sport dog, whether it's Mondial Ring or French Ring or whatever, that that this guy wants to get rid of or whatever, I'm going to go look at that dog. That dog's seen a lot. Right. Because in the police canine we're training a lot of the same st- we're doing, we're doing what you guys are doing. Right. Right. And, um, and, but tweaking it to what we want to work. So the dog's already seen a lot of these pictures. Right. But on top of the good dog is you gotta have good training. And like you and I were talking about a good decoy yeah. will make or break a dog. Like 100%. It's, it's a game changer. And my early years as a police, uh, uh, canine handler, it was, any cop that was willing to put on the bite suit. Right. They don't know what the hell they're doing. You I know, think it's still like that a little bit, right? It, it's totally Just like that. Bites. Yeah. I gotten spoiled because I got into that, you know, being in as long as I've been doing this, I've kind of been around mm-hmm. and that's how I like hooked up with Jimmy and like, like Jimmy's just done awesome stuff with her dogs. It's yeah. like, like man, like grip work. Yeah. Like I don't want a dog that's corn cobbing. Right. Riding all over the place. I want a dog that's going to grab and hold on because I'm not looking to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to minimize the injury right. from the dog. Well, you have a dog that's rebiting all over the place. I got an answer to that. Right. Like, what happened? You know, is it a nerve issue? What's going on here? So it's important to have a good trainer. And when I first got Capone and we started peeling back layers 
And Jimmy would yell. I was like doing the Jimmy impersonation. Mm -hmm. Donnie, <laughs> stop with the OB bullshit. Yeah. OB, I didn't, I took OB off that dog for like six months. Just made him crazy. Like, and here's the other thing. Removing all the equipment. And even when Jimmy first came, we started talking and stuff. We do a lot of muzzle work, a lot, a lot of muzzle work. Bad guys don't run around with bite suits. Right. Mm -hmm. They don't run around with sleeves. And what kills me is I see some of these guys training and these young guys again do, you know, it's just my two cents in doing this. And I'm no, I'm not saying I'm an expert or training trainer or anything like that. I, You've been I, around for a little bit. I, I've seen some stuff. Right. <laughs> and I was guilty. I used to do it is like guys are lazy. They don't want to put the suit on or whatever. And they just go around and they do, they run around the sleeve. Right. And they're wearing their uniform pants and their half uniform shirt or whatever. And they're running around the sleeve. Don't do that. Right. Because what we do is like, especially with our, we integrate with our SWAT guys. We train kitted up, right. With all of our gear. So you got a guy that that's running around with half his uniform on with a sleeve, you're telling the dog it's okay to bite that guy. Yeah. Like when you see him in a different, like say we're searching a building, you never know where rooms end up, start and end up. Mm -hmm. You know how many times we've sent a dog clearing and the dog found some hole and the dog ends up into the back of the stack of the SWAT guys. It has to, that dog's got to work past three or four SWAT guys and right. ignore them because this is my pack. These are all the guys dressed up in their stuff. So when you're out there because you want to put the suit on and you want to just grab a sleeve and run around out there, I, I just don't, I don't recommend that. Right. But, and the guys will say, Hey, uh, it's funny. You, we always try and train people and some guys go, Hey, I got a sleeve. I'll go do this. So Capone don't give a shit about that sleeve. Yeah. You better not drop that. You better not put that in his face. You don't go to that sleeve. He's good. You know, you're probably gonna get bit in the leg or whatever. Yeah. But, um, so we had to unravel. Um, so to go to, to back to that mm -hmm. and um, all the way to the search, the searching portion of it. Um, again, my two cents on it back in the day, we're imprinting the dog to search buildings for a man. It was typical guys would put a bite suit on or a sleeve, go behind a door. The dog would bark. They pop the door and they, they bite the, the sleeve or the suit. I think it's still very much like that too. <laughs> I, like Jimmy. No, 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 Danny, that's shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do the fish. 90% of our searches, no equipment. Why? I don't want my dog searching for a suit. Yeah. So you do just muzzle, just muzzle? Civil. Sometimes muzzle. Mm -hmm. So we'll put, you know, sometimes we'll put out suits, whatever. My dog don't care. They don't care about the suit. They're looking for a man. They're hunting man. Yeah. And crooks don't run around with a, with a suit on, right? So I don't want him smelling for the, for the jute, for the right. suit. I want them selling for the, for the man. So a lot of times we will hide people and just frustrate the dog. Oh, so I once, see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah so yeah. once the dog locates, um, starts barking, then you have the dog hooked up long line or harness, whatever, pull the dog back, uh, decoy hiding behind the door, shows himself screaming and yell, very civil, mm -hmm. slam the door and you take the dog out of there frustrated. Yes, no we, the second time I take him out of that car, he's, I didn't yep. get them that time. I'm going to get them the next time. Yeah, 100%. So we take, like, no equipment. Um, and another example was, again, back when I was younger, a senior officer at the time that was in the unit was in a pursuit, stolen car. Um, they crash, whatever. The guy takes off running. The handler jumps out of the car, chasing the, the, the bad guy, sends the dog. And the dog catches up to the bad guy. You're waiting for the takedown. And the dog's running along the side of him. Yeah. What do you think he was looking for? That sleeve? Because <laughs> this handler always oh, used a sleeve, was always doing a bunch of sleeve stuff. Right. And you would have thought back then that would have been a wake-up call because this is long. This is my early. Right. This is 20 years ago. You know, so then, like, when Jimmy came in, we got rid of equipment because pe people don't hide in equipment. Every week, Jimmy come out. And if I had a decoy more than two weeks, he'd tell me. No, first he started putting, we'd have a couple of cops that would could up, put on a suit, you mm -hmm. know, because I told Jimmy, I love seeing Jimmy in a suit. Yeah. I like seeing you in a suit. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like dancing with the stars, man. Like, you guys <laughs> do great work in the suit. And it really makes a strong, a good dog. But I said, Jimmy, I need you to run and train. I want you in the suit all the time. 
So I'd bring out cops and Jimmy get frustrated because these guys, I yeah. go, Jimmy, they're cops. They're not decoys. Right. <laughs> I go, and I can't get them hurt because I got to answer to it. Right. So we get a few guys that Jimmy's worked with and kind of bring their game up a little bit. So, um, but then we would hide these decoys. And after two weeks, Jimmy's like, I need different decoys. Jimmy, it's hard to get guys to come out all the time, you know? And I didn't get it, but then I got it. Like if I had the same decoy, let's say I had you and I have you coming out like every week and you're hiding for me. Then I bring you out and I tell you guys go hide in this building. He's going to find him every time. 100%. Because he knows his odor. So he's going to find him every time. He might miss you because he's thinking, it's just like when we imprint the dog on narcotics. And that I sent him for a search. He's smelling for Coke or meth or heroin or whatever. He's not smelling for Oscar. You know, right. like he's the Coke or whatever. Right. So <clears throat> it went back into like Jimmy wanted us. We were changing out decoys every week. We were bringing in females. 100%. Changing out that odor all the time. So that the dogs were hunting for a man. I don't care what man or what person were hunting this person. You put out all the equipment you want, dog don't care less about the equipment. They're going to go hunt for the man. So those were things, again, as I learned. Right. And it came from a sport guy. Yeah. Right? So, um, yeah, so a lot of, a lot of, a lot of muzzle work. Removing much equipment. Yeah, we've used prosthetic arms. Yep. Um, Jimmy's big on, like, hidden suits, the Kevlar yep. real, mm-hmm. Oh my God, they're paper thin. Yeah. So you don't, you know, real short <laughs> stuff. Yep. Um, so yeah, we, that was, so to answer your question, the big thing was the layers removing the equipment. Yeah. Can the dog adapt to that without having to just have equipment, but how good is a, a good dog's a good dog. Yeah. I, I don't think it takes very a, a ton of work to do it with a dog that really enjoys uh, biting right. or, you know, just the fulfillment of biting. But you see the transition. Like, after the first bite? Yeah, you'll see it. And especially the after come the second one, then it's like, I like hunting, man. Yeah, they turn into <laughs> a different beast, huh? Yeah, they turn into a different thing. And the one thing good about Capone is like, out of all my dogs, um, and a lot of us contributed to the training that he got prior to me getting them. Um, through with Jimmy Jordan and also genetics, very clear headed, super clear headed. We go, you know, we're flashbangs or, you know, gunfire and stuff. And he's quiet. Like he's all about game on, just cut me loose, you know? And, um, but there was a lot of the first year peeling back a lot of stuff, but yeah, definitely to answer your question, there is a change afterwards, but how many pictures is that dog seen? Right. I mean, you could never show a police dog, I think, enough pictures. No, because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Everything's different. 100%. And society changes the way they do things. Crooks get smarter. 100%. We got to get smarter. We got to train differently. We got to adjust to the way people are doing things. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Bro, you got you got any... Uh... Well, do you think he'd be ever ever be able to go back to a sport? Oh, yeah. He's going to do Canine Street League. <laughs> Hey, Danny, Danny's you know going to go mean? do like, Street League. He's actually going to be uh, one of our, uh, he might be one of our competitors at the sideshow. So it's, well, well, that yeah. would be awesome. I guess depending on the sport, right? Um, yeah, because I don't want to ever create any confusion Definitely. for the dog. Um, I think it's he's seven years old now, uh-huh. and dogs get wise, yep. very yeah. wise. 100%. And I think that was one of the reasons why when Jordan quit competing with him, because he got wise to it, he's like, <laughs> Yeah. We're at a trial. I'm I'm gonna be a little dirty today. Right. Yeah. How did he do in that uh that show that you did that show right? What was it? Uh, America's uh, Top Dog. Yeah. How, so how how was that? It was it was a it was an awesome experience. I was you know honored to be asked to go do it. Um, you know, being kind of towards the end of my career and being the older cat, I was probably twenty something years older than the next youngest guys. And it started out to be like a pull. You know, the first season was like five canines yeah. and one underdog kind of thing. And then I was in season two, episode three. I won. And they had changed it. We were kind of at a rough time when they filmed that with all the disruption in, oh, the, yeah, in yeah. the world that was going on. And so um, there was more civilian than police. And it was more geared towards, um, you know, agility dog, dock diving kind of right. stuff, dog. But there was some stuff. And I knew once we got into the odor and the bite work is where I was going to kind of make my bones. Right. 
Um, cause I do odor all the time. That's what I do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and then I know on the, on the bite work and the outing and stuff, I knew that, you know, Capone's pretty good at it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience, uh, to go do it. And it was like kind of when COVID was starting to break and they're like, Hey, we got the approval to film two episodes. So, so you they're were doing one of them. Yeah. Season two, season three. And then, um, yeah, so I got to go do the show and, and, um, won my episode and then I got to come back and everybody that won their episode got to come back and compete, uh, get one another. I came a little, came up a little bit short, um, to move it on to the final winning the whole, the extra money. Got it. We won a few bucks, but everything got donated to our canine foundation or nonprofit, which pays for our police dogs. But it was, uh, it was really cool. And my strategy was a lot different. Anyone that saw the show, my strategy was a little bit different. Um, because uh, the dog, I'm only, the dog's way faster than I am. I'm mm-hmm. the old dude, right? So we got to jump some hurdles, the walls and whatnot. Yeah. And I know Capone, if I you know, tell him to heal and try to heal him up to these, to jump the obstacles, he's going to be like, you know, tight right. obedience. So I kind of threw the, the show off a, a curveball. So we get up there and everybody's running down the left side of the obstacles uh-huh. and jump, jump, you know, calling their dogs. And I'd seen some dogs go around the obstacle and want to go to the heel right. position. I'm like, so like the day we didn't really we the day before we did what we call the B reel and we got to see the course for about fifteen minutes, and uh, Capone's never had a problem with water. We've worked water and whatnot, and they said, hey, you could either use the ramp or your dog can jump off. So I knew I only had so much time to be on the course, so I went through the obstacles. I had like a week or two to teach them to press buttons, mm-hmm. and I told the producer, I go, man, I've been doing cop police work for twenty years. I've never had to teach my dog to press buttons. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say you guys are gearing this towards the underdog, right? Cut, yeah, you know, and and so he kind of laughed, and so we did. Went through everything. He's killing it. Went to the water. Went down the ramp through the water, and we we're good to go. And and then uh, the night we got ready to shoot the show. Um, they say, Hey, we changed it. And they would done all the other shows differently. They said, uh, your dog has to jump for the dock. Well, we had this dock diving pit bull that was in our yeah. thing. And I knew they wanted to see, he was fast. The dude was super fast, but they, and I'm like, well, you should have told me that yesterday. Right. Cause, um, the picture my dog saw was he went down the ramp, swam across and was good. Right. So that's the, that's the picture that he's seen. Yeah. That's what he's want to do. Cause they're like, well, he has to jump from the you have to jump from the docks. And after so much time, you take a 30 second penalty. Then you can let him use the ramp. So when you watch through the, the first the, the episode, he's trying to go down the ramp and I'm trying to recall him to jump. Right. And he's like, dad, no dad. Yesterday I went down the ramp and we did our thing. <laughs> right. You know, so, and we're on the clock. So anyway, but back to the jump part, I <laughs> got ready. I told the guy they're getting ready to shoot it. And it's my time up there. I go, Hey, uh, um, is it cool if I go down the right side? Like, well, we'd rather you go down the left side. It's safer. Yeah, but I want to go down the right side because I didn't want to go to the left side. Plus, I didn't want to run. I didn't tell them what I was going to do. Right. They said, they're all on the mic. Hey, uh, Danny wants to go down the right side. Like, sure. He's like, yeah, Danny, you're good. If you want to go down the right side, all right, cool. So then they hit the beep. I tick off and I leave Capone in the down because he's way faster than me. Right. So I left him down. I sprint all the way to the end of all the jumps. Uh-huh. Once I got, I called him to me and he just went quick, <laughs> quick, which is way faster than I, I had to strategize. Right. The old guy needed to strategize. Right. Right. Yeah. right, right, right. So, cause there was a gate as you watched, he had to kick down the gate and then go over these teeter totters with the dogs. So in my head, I'm like, Hey, I got it. There's certain things. And then there's guys running around with cameras and all kinds of stuff. I remember I got a police dog. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm, I'm on the hook for anything this dog yeah. did. So you'll see at points that I'm running and I'm downing him and then recalling him to me in a certain thing. So like when we took off the camera guys are in this golf cart flying by with the camera and then they realize there was no dog with me at the pine. <laughs> like, so did they have to reshoot it or no? No, oh. no, they make, cause there's so many dang cameras. They got, yeah. they got it all, but got I was it. the only one that did it that way. And I, cause I had to strategize, right. you know? Um, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. It That's was fun. It was, yeah, it was, it was a good experience. It was cool. Yeah. You know? I was, I was hoping to, to do it, but then they said I needed a, I couldn't do it with a Malinois. I had to do, I had to use a Corso or an off, like a, a, a dog that wasn't a Malinois. There was just too many Malinois, I guess, you know, doing it. So it's, it's you know, it's funny. The first night when we shot, there was 12 dogs and out of the 12 dogs, there's only two police dogs and they had, Oh man, 
they had schnauzers and oh, they had yeah. pit bulls. No, and I they, know a couple people that did it. They had a yeah. couple pit. They, there's a couple. There's some Malinois um, in there and stuff, but I, I don't know if they're going to do another season of yeah, it. I'm we talked sure. and they they called me right before the season three and said, "Hey, what have you been doing since the show?" And I was just getting ready to have shoulder surgery because it's crazy. We shot the show in September and January. I was out training dogs and I blew out my shoulder. Oh man, a big ninety five pound Malin, a long line. Dang. So I got like three anchors in my shoulder Ugh. and I'm, they're like, Hey, I go, well, good thing you called me. I'm getting ready to have surgery on Friday. Like, so, and they say, Hey, would you ever consider coming back? I'm like, heck yeah, I'll come back. That's cool. You know? So it was, it was, it was such a great experience. It was fun. You know, one awesome. more thing to do in my canine career. Right. What do you, what do you want to be re, uh, remembered for? Like, uh, you know, who, who is, who is Danny? What I want to remember for, I, I know, I think one of the things I tell, you talk about as in my career. Just not just your career, but just in, in, in life, you know what I mean? Like what, I mean, uh, you, cause you've seen, you've seen a lot in your career. I'm sure you have seen some very ugly situations where, you know, so, and he's giving you perspective on life that maybe we, you know, that I haven't seen. Uh, so that's what I'm asking. Like if, you know, what, what do you want to be like, what, what is, what is the biggest difference that you want to be remembered for? Like, you know, is, is it even that, that you made a difference or anything like that? Um, I, I, there's one thing I always, I refer to, whether it's with my kids, with the community or cops or dogs, all of it is, uh, is like, I was always fair, you know? And like as a police officer, um, uh, I go to work every day with good intentions I'm not always going to be perfect. Uh, I'm trying to be as fair as I can. And, um, you know, uh, same thing with, with dogs. Like as long as you're fair with them and your training is fair with them, they're going to respect you. And it goes all the way, even with your kids and people in general. It's like, yeah. Hey man, I'm not, I'm not going to the hall of fame of canine cops or anything like that, but as long as like, Hey, he was, he was pretty fair dude. You know, I'm not always right, you know, but, uh, you know, as long as you're fair, people respect that and, and go, man, you know, he, he had good intentions and, and be open-minded. I love it, man. To things. Those are some great stories. Hey, I didn't even realize it's already. Yeah, been man. <laughs> that <laughs> was awesome. <laughs> hey, and, and you know what, man, I think, uh, ever since I met you, I've, I, I've always seen you as that dude, like, man, Danny's, I mean, he's a, he's a good dude. Uh, and I and I appreciate you always you know involving me and like you know you you called me out so I can go decoy some dogs and stuff. And no, like I told you, appreciate like, it, man. Like, um, and again to the younger handlers out there, don't get wrapped around just one trainer. And a lot of these guys, you know, don't worry about hurting anyone's feelings. And it's like you know, new policemen when they're in field training, they see like five different policemen in their program. Mm -hmm. And like I, as a rookie, I took something from each one of those cops. Yep. And I'd say it's the same thing when it comes to training. Don't limit yourself to just one flavor. 100%. I go out and I want the best. And like, like when I hit you up, come out. And it's like, I was talking to Jimmy. I said, hey, I need, I need somebody to put some pressure on these dogs. I need this dog to see some other pictures. And I'm thinking, I was like, I'm going to see if Oscar will come out. Because yeah. I know you'll come bring it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like my, these dogs have got to close a deal, man. They got to be a deal closer. You get, for sure. We get one shot at it. We got to get it right the first time. Yeah. You guys got some good dogs out there. So I, <laughs> I try to like the gal that handles my, our detection stuff. She's civilian. She's awesome. So I bring her and then I got a buddy. I, I know, you know, Romeo. Romeo. So Romeo, I'll bring Romeo in for like like my tactical guy, like when we're doing SWAT stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. been around dogs a long time, yep. hard working dude. I like it. I love that dude. Like, like, so I bring him in for that. I got Jimmy as my, my general guy. And then my little bit of knowledge, right. I try to put into the recipe cause I want the best chocolate yep. chip cookies out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I try to take a little bit. So my, my advice to these yeah. younger guys, it is, takes, it takes a big group to make a uh, successful teams. Yeah. I just, be open-minded and um, whatever works for you. Cool. You know? Awesome, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for being with us, man. We really appreciate you. Ro, you got any last words? Uh, are you on social media at all? Yeah. If anyone wants to find you, where oh, can they yeah, reach yeah, you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got to make sure, uh, you know, the foundation. Uh, oh, yeah. Talk about your foundation. Um, yeah. So, like, well. I'm the, we have a nonprofit, um, the Oxnard Community Canine Foundation, and it's at uh, Oxnard Police Oxnard PD, Oxnard Police K9.org. You could buy merch and stuff on there. And um, 
all of our, every dime that we get, all our profit goes into the purchase of new dogs, equipment, training, medical bills, dental bills, whatever the dog needs, plus uh, equipment from time to time that the handlers need. Got it. Um, and then, you know, I'm not a big, so I'm the old dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have like, I have Capone has a page. It's canine underscore Capone is, is our Instagram cool. awesome. kind of thing. And, um, you know, people hit me up all the time for like stickers, this, that, yeah, and, the yeah, other. Yeah. and I, I enjoyed, you know, doing that stuff for people. So if they want some awesome. of that stuff, awesome. I have no problem putting stuff in the mail. Cool, man. And, uh, make sure you guys check us out. At uh, Elevated Canine Academy. Yep, you can reach me at uh, Roel underscore G. And me at Oscar Mora Dogs. And uh, guys, make sure you guys comment, subscribe, share. Uh, again, we're not, you know, we're not making any money off this. We just enjoy uh, learning from new people and, you know, uh, some, some of the amazing stories. So if you guys uh, could help us out and share, that would be amazing. All right, guys, remember, elevate your mind. Elevate your canine. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. This that go and get it. With no hesitation. This that never quit. Got that elevation.